You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abuto. This is Murps. Uh, hello, we're recording this on Friday, two days before we typically do it. Uh, it's typically Sunday nights. I'm sure Blizzard won't announce anything over the weekend, but just a little bit of FYI. Yeah. Um, so they had the patch, like the mini patch, right, uh, on Friday, like last Friday, and we already talked about it on like on the podcast. But that already went an hour and a half, and uh, we we're not quite done talking about everything. Uh, so, so we're going to kind of continue here. This, this is kind of the point of this. It's not going to be a long podcast. Um, we're not really digging super deep into the meta. Um Although I will mention a couple things. Uh, but I want to kick it off by looking at something that wasn't available Friday. Which is uh, a more interesting leaderboard. Because on Friday we talked about how much we think the leaderboard sucks. How easy it is to circumvent. Why do they do this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but there wasn't really people who have completed it that much. Like the top person at that time was uh, CNQD Wetcat. And I think they had like a six win average or like a six point something, six point three win average or something like that, which is pretty good for this meta, I said at the time, right? Um, that was kind of what you would expect the kind of top of the leaderboard to be. And now we're another week in. So there's definitely a lot more people at this point who have played 30 runs. In fact, if you play two runs a day since release, you will be well into your 30th run. So the rest of this leaderboard is going to fill up. But we're already at the point in which people we know are on there. And the top is is kind of a, a pretty impressive number. But going back to uh, the 6.3 number, the two people that we know that are up there on the leaderboard in the top 10 are Judge and Team America. They're both streamers. They're both very good at the arena. And this is kind of just what you can expect from like the best, the top tier of the arena players, right? Like, and the, both of them are on there with the same win percentage, you know, pretty much. It's number nine and number 10. So this is kind of what you would expect from someone who keeps up, knows the arena, plays the arena, top tier players. Uh, and that is six wins per run. Judge is at six right now. Team America is at 5.69. I haven't talked to them. I don't really know uh, if they're going to continue playing on their account or not. But these are their main accounts. And given that they're not like top one or anything, I imagine they'll just keep playing it. They may have already played past 30 runs. You don't actually see the number of runs. Uh, on this leaderboard, which is something else they should show. Maybe they will eventually. Um, so we can like mentally deduct, you know, write off the people with uh, with 30 runs um, compared to the people with like 100 or something, right? Like, and uh, mentally adjust, even if they don't adjust. But that's the meta. These are people who normally get like easily over like seven wins per run in, 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 in a meta, like when they're trying. Um, maybe 7.5. Um, and they're at six right now. Which is why I said when uh, CN Cutie Wet Cat had 6.3 that that was really quite impressive. Um, that that was going to be like a very good score for the leaderboard. Now, CN Cutie Wet Cat did not sit on that score. Uh, they are down now to 5.89, which is number 12. Um, so they couldn't keep up 6.3, but they, they've, been, they've been playing. Uh, so uh, this, is, this is where the meta is. We are at a point in which normally you can outplay your opponents by a factor of two, uh, sorry, by a factor of, what would it be, 2.5? Yeah, by a factor of 2.5x uh, number of wins of, of average. And now you can only outplay your opponents by a factor of two, which means the skill impact um, on the meta uh, is reduced by 20%. That's, like, math. That is just math. Skill impact of meta down 20% compared to what it usually is. Because we are in this kind of, like, anything goes kind of, like, meta. Uh, where there's a lot of synergies, a lot of super powerful cards, and a lot of swing. So, I think that's a good baseline of using the data that we do have to tell you exactly how much less skill this meta takes. Now, you're going to have people... And people do argue that this actually requires a lot of skill in this meta. I'm not going to argue with whether they require skills. If you listen to our prior podcast, you'll know that we think that this meta definitely does require skill. As you can see, the the you know normal top tier players are doing twice as well as the average player. That is not random, right? Like there's still skill impact, but you also can't deny the, the stats. 
skill impact is down 20% compared to what we see in a normal meta based purely on win rates. It is down 20%. These are kind of undeniable numbers, right? You can feel differently, but the numbers are there. Or it's also possible that everybody's playing it wrong and the skill impact's actually the same, but just no one's adjusted yet, right? And that eventually we'll see the numbers go back up as people adjust. But these are like really good players who stay abreast uh, of the arena strategies and who, you know, unlike me, actually knows what all these cards do for the most part. Uh, so this is, um, uh, I don't know. I feel like this is pretty strong evidence of whatever else you may like about the meta. And uh, I think most people find this meta significantly more enjoyable to play in than the prior metas. Um, there is an undeniable drop in skill impact as in the ability to convert a good for a good player to convert your brain into more wins. So here um, here's why the debate about how skillful of a meta is it um, is going to create tons of debate no matter what meta you are in and you're going to have very good players feel very differently about each meta because what you can do is you can look at the data like we see here and look at okay so if you know a normal meta is supposed to have a few people be able to average higher than eight let's say that you know over 30 runs um and we don't see that we can say that you know it is a less quote skillful meta but what it really means is just it's harder to differentiate yourself right it's harder to pull away and to create those outliers because even for the best players what you're looking for is to high roll right you're combining your skill and, and with outlier runs in order to create that magical 30 runs so the reason why you're always going to get people who disagree on how skillful a meta is, is within that argument, you are examining different skills of different mm -hmm. quantities of which yep. people will disagree with how important and how fun each one, each skill is, mm -hmm. right? Because, look, in some metas, uh, part of the skill um, is going to be memorizing all of, like, the secrets in the best way possible right because mm -hmm. it is extraordinarily punishing if you don't know the secrets and especially like now in metas now versus metas before you're gonna see secrets from all these different classes that shouldn't you know quote shouldn't have secrets from these other classes but they do right so you're gonna see like rogue secrets combined with mage secrets combined with like uh paladin secrets and they might play them multiples at a time one of the skills might be okay they have a hunter secret plus a rogue secret uh plus a paladin secret what's like the optimal way to play around all of them right um is that a skill most definitely do you find it fun that's up to you um is that something you pr prioritize i don't know uh others but like in that meta you would need to prioritize it if you cared about you should you should um but these are going to be things that people disagree with in terms of like um what they think are the most important skills because this is just how humans work they mm. will think some skills are more important than others and therefore when those are being tested that is a more skillful meta for them yep. than other people so when we talk about this there is just the analysis of the numbers seem to be low here right nobody seems to be able to separate themselves um and you know we can talk about the the tippy top like top five players we can t talk about the the top 25 versus the top 50 whatever just see you know are people able to separate is it just a small group of people are larger quantities of people uh, allowed to separate and then there's the act and we can talk about the reddit discussion of is it a skillful meta and that's a tough one. That's one in which you're going to see uh, very good, very respectable people disagree with um, just because of the nature of, of all of these factors put together. See, but I think they're just wrong. That's my point. My point is that statistically, like we have the data, they're just wrong that it's more skillful in the sense of skills translating to win. If you're interpreting whether something is skillful as in say, I think this particular element takes so much skill and nuance to master, even if it translates to less wins, then okay, that's a different way of defining 
skill, or at least it's not a different way of defining skill. It's a different way of defining skill impact, which may not be what they're talking about, right? Um, I think it's pretty objective that skill impact is down 20%. Now, skill is very different, right? Like I very, very clearly and very consistently do not value things like counting, adding, reading, knowing what cards do. I don't think that shows any amount of intelligence or strategy because it shows the bare minimum amount of intelligence to be a functional human being and no strategy whatsoever. That's, that's just, that's objectively how those skills are measured. Now, are they skills? Yeah. Being able to add is a skill. Being able to add quickly is a, you know, element of that skill. Being able to add uh, accurately, right? As opposed to being right 99% of the time, you're right 99.9% .9 of the time. Those are all skills and you can improve each of those better than the next person throughout until you get to 100, right? Um, but are they what I would consider skills in a strategy game? No. So that's my opinion. I'm not saying they're not skills. I'm saying that they're not uh, what I would consider skills in a strategy game. And there are some people who would consider skills such as being able to set up future terms and saving resources and spending resources later, getting reads on your opponent, like to be better skills than something like trading on the board, right? Where it's like kind of like a little more strategic math, but still kind of just math. Uh, or like going face or trading. Going face or trading is a skill that I know Murps and I value a lot. Like we think that's like the bedrock of this game. Other people may not. Other people may be like, that's just one decision. There's a lot of factors that you don't know what's happening. And um, ultimately it's also kind of boring. Like you only have two choices essentially. And whether you do it or not matters in a certain amount of games. But it doesn't take like a skilled strategician strategician to like do that now we would disagree and we would say that's a huge ton of skills and hey look it affects win rates um but that's one of the things that for example this meta cares less about than prior metas right this meta cares even less about things like yetis bumping into yetis uh but it also cares less about face or trade it cares more about resource preservation versus resource trading it cares more well, it probably cares about the same about reading your opponents, but the reading of your opponent is more complicated now in this meta because there's more variables, right? Rather than saying, oh, my opponent can have one of like four types of things that I have to keep track of. Now you're thinking, oh, my opponents have these five particular cards that will do one thing. Then there's these eight types of things that may happen. Then they discovered a card which could only be in this category and how long they've had it. Like it's a more complicated process. You end up with a fuzzier impact which is why the impact is all down, right? We keep talking about skill impact. The skill impact is all down, but the problem set is more difficult. Yeah. Right? It's like we, we're giving, we're testing you as if you're a, a college student now rather than a fifth grader. But, but whether you get this test right or not affects less of, I don't know how many cookies we give you. Like for the fifth grader, we give you 10 cookies if you got it right and only two if you got it wrong. But for the college student, we'll give you like eight cookies if you get it right and still two if you get it wrong. It's kind of like that. So I can see people enjoying that, um, especially if you like change the problems around. But um, I think skill impact is objective. So, yes, I think this is a good way to put it because uh, this is uh, a big discussion amongst people right now, right? Is it a skillful meta? Whatever. Um, and, and this is something that people just bring up immediately now. Uh, whenever powerful cards come out, no skill involved, yes skill involved, people just don't know how to play, people are idiots, blah, blah. Like, this is the discourse that's going on. Um, both things can be true here. You can have a meta in which the amount of decisions per turn are more numerous than previous metas, number one. The correct decision is harder to ascertain than previous mm -hmm. metas. So you have yeah. more things to consider. The correct one is tougher. Instead of like um, you evaluating 70-30s, these are like 55-45s, and you have mm -hmm. to nail that 55, right? Like yeah. it, it's dependent on you nailing that 55 consistently to get that mm -hmm. edge. It, uh, okay. Um, but it can also be true that the impact just isn't there. You nailing these 55 percenters doesn't mean that you're going to average eight. It means you're going to average six and a half, right? Or, or six. Um, so once again, that's another way to think of this disconnect here. A lot of people 
will look at the 6.5 and say skill doesn't matter because yes it doesn't and it, like it, you know they're going to point well, to those I mean, they still yeah they're going to say gonna, it doesn't matter right. but they're wrong because they this person's getting more than double the amount of wins that you're supposed to well they're they're going to point to those people and be like what good did it do you right um and the other people are like well it's about the process right it's about the process if i am con- consistently finding a way to within all of these weird things that some people might not even see nail the 55 percenters um that's what matters right it's the process here and i understand because when i see this discourse it really is people talking past each other with some people focusing on the impact right the 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 the, did you win or did you lose kind of thing and other people focusing on the you know i have so many choices uh sometimes very subtle ones and i'm able to as i play more of the meta you know i appreciate that the correct one is tougher than in other metas to to get to there uh but i get stopped so whenever we have any discussions about this going forward because look this conversation isn't going to stop um but I, I feel as though whenever we have conversations about this going forward, this has to be the way that we frame things. Because right now, everybody is framing it in one way. It's almost like the DK conversation. I'm just like, uh, okay, we're g- it's going to get into dangerous territory if we just talk about DKs as DK. Like with the rune system, you kind of have to talk about DKs in different ways uh, if you know we keep on going forward and DK is structured the same way. I, be, People need to talk about this in a different way because people just use the word skill. um, And I can tell sometimes people are using it in the impact way. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people are using it in the process way. And people just talk sort of like past each other. Um, And I'm not saying like, you know, you have a very, like you have made your thoughts clear, right? Yeah, I get both I have, sides. I have a I very data-driven sides. way. Like I care about skill impact. That is that is skill. Um, at the end of the day, that is skill in any game. That is skill because the game tells you what skill is important or not. Right? You don't get to tell the game what skill is important or not. You're not a game designer. You don't change the game unless I don't know. Maybe if all games were played at the same time by all people, then you as a player can effectively set rules within the game by doing things a certain way. Right? But in a game, in any game in which People are not all playing at the same time against everybody else. You don't set the rules. Uh, Blizzard sets the rules. So Blizzard's telling you in every different meta that these are the skills we value and we value them this much and they make this much impact. Blizzard says that. No one at Blizzard knows this at that precise level, obviously. It's not like a chart and they're assigning points. They're just like, well, here are some cards, right? But these are the inherent rules of the game that we're playing. So I think there's an objective. Skill impact is lower. Skill impact is higher. That is objective. I don't care what kind of skill you're talking about. It is objective whether the optimal skills, like a perfect player, can achieve a higher or lower win rate. The other th- argument, the argument that I think people conflate with this one, is how skillful is the skill that you're talking about, right? Like, my skill is better than, like, right. what I think of as skill is more important than what you think of as skill, right? And that's just subjective. And... As far as I'm concerned, that's a lower level discussion than skill impact. Because skill impact talks about whatever the highest performing skill is, that's what matters more. And whatever's lower performing matters less. Nothing ever doesn't matter, right? I'm talking about this in this meta, like, hey, look, bumping Yetis and getting that extra 4-1 on the board on turn 4 is uh, not really that important in this meta. It's just super not important in this meta. Will it win you a game now and then? Yeah, it still will. It's not unimportant. It's just a lot less important. There were metas, you know, you could think of a very basic game, right? In which being able to add numbers together, arithmetic, is all that matters. And in that case, it would matter a lot, right? Even though I think of it as a totally, like, near brainless activity that doesn't show, that doesn't even belong in a strategy game, except as a matter of necessity, right? Like, that's why also why I use stuff like HS uh, as a deck tracker and stuff that, like, adds stuff for me automatically, because I don't find that to be a fun or interesting part of this game, and I would appreciate it when a tool could just do it for me. Um, I would not use HS Replay if it were to advise me as to whether we go face or trade. 
Because that, I think, is a vital part of the strategy of the game. And I don't want that taken away from me. Even if the tool's better than me. And I don't think the tool would be better than me. Because it's a pretty complicated decision. Um, so you get different levels, right? I'm taking the, the basic ones. Obviously, for this meta, neither of those are terribly important. What is important is resource management and swings. And building for future, like, later resources. Um, and then valuing those resources correctly. Because those resources are not worth the same every game. On, this, on the same turns, even. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I, I, we, we kind of all know what skills are, are measured right now. We kind of know what the skill impact is. So, I, I agree with Merbs that the discussion kind of goes over each other a lot of times. But I don't think that they're going over each other on the same plane. Like, I think skill impact is ultimately always what matters in any competitive game. And skill impact, in this case, for this meta uses a lot of skills that I consider less important than the skills that I like. Um, and so I am less interested, like I find this meta less engaging to play in, even though I acknowledge that I am now thinking of way too many things, right? Like a game doesn't become better if you have to think about more things. We're playing Hearthstone. The vast majority of trading card games are more complicated than Hearthstone. The vast majority of them. And we're choosing to play one of the simplest ones. Why? Why do we do that? Because, not because, oh, we secretly think it's super complicated. No, but because when you simplify things, you get to tease out actual strategy in its pure form. You get to tease out a lot of the, the um, I don't know, the nuanced things about what to win, about how to win and how to lose. Whereas as it gets more complicated, it starts being more about how to manage different pieces of information in your head. APM starts mattering more. Thoughts are included in actions. Um, and uh, all this other stuff. And things just kind of get vaguer. You get, you get like Merps was talking about 55 versus 45% decisions. There was a lot of 45 versus 55 decisions before. Now we're talking about really more like 51 versus 49% decisions that you have to nail pretty consistently. And so if you are if you really like thinking about a lot of things all the time really quickly, you'll love it because this will keep you engaged. And you'll also very correctly say, hey, I'm messing up a lot, right? Like I am not getting these consistent ones so I can improve. And that's a good feeling. Right. Whereas if you're just talking about adding numbers together and you have a super basic meta where it's all about whether you can count lethal or not, like you may be like, well, the games I lost, I lost. It's very clear that I lost and there was nothing I could do about it. Uh, super duper clear. Right. Because I counted correctly. I was 100 percent correct in all my decisions. I'm very confident in that. And then I could not have won. Um, but each of these extra little pieces that you figure out and you get more consistent at nailing that 51 over 49 really doesn't move the needle much. And I, the reason why I don't like this kind of meta is exactly why I don't like the metas in which I, I have this famous, famous saying that, uh, you know, is not really my saying, but I use it a lot and chat uses it a lot against me, which is that misplays don't matter. And that's obviously not true that no misplays matter, but the misplays that people catch a lot are like, oh, you could have attacked with this one damage minion and you forgot that it could attack and then you hit end turn, right? Obvious misplay, 100% misplay, no one could defend that. Um, okay, well, it doesn't matter, right? Or like, oh, you missed lethal. Clearly, if you got lethal, you would have won. Now, there's some minuscule chance of you losing. Clearly, it was a wrong decision. Yeah, of course, but it doesn't matter. Because the difference is so, 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 so tiny that I don't care about it. Well, now, in this game, so many of the decisions are so, 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 so tiny. So rather than just having a couple of really tiny decisions that I can write off, I now would have to engage in like 200 of these micro decisions every single game, none of which matter. But that's becoming like the big, once you add it all together, that's becoming a big chunk of the game. So those 51, 49% misplays now do matter, but, but none of them matter. But they as a whole do matter. That's not fun for me because that's the exact type of things that I try my best to write off and focus on the big strategy element. And um, there, there's certainly an element of that here that's different than what it was before, but there's also a lot more bulk, a lot more complexity, and not in a good way. Because it's not very Hearthstone, or at least it's not very traditional Hearthstone, right? It, it may be, you know, Hearthstone 2022, I don't know what Constructed is like. Um, but one of the reasons why I also don't like Constructed is because it relies on building a lot of these things that go really out of whack and like kind of crazy. Um, that have nothing to do with fundamentals of the game. 
and, and, and basic strategy and just becomes more about who can pull it off and who can't. And you see that reflected in the win rates. It's down 20%. It's not no skill. It's not even like a, a super big drop in skill, right? But minus 20% skill impact is still like, it's not just significant, it's serious. Like if I were to create a strategy game and I have dropped my the bar of top tier player win rate from 75% to 66%, I'm creating a very different game here. That's the equivalent of adding, like, I don't know, I want to say at least 50%, if not 100% more RNG into the game. It's the equivalent amount for skill impact. For compared to, like, um, you know, we'll, we'll say a, a prior meta Hearthstone. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I don't know that... Uh, I'm, I'm done with my rant. Alright, I didn't really have a rant to begin with, so... That's... Your, your rant is the only rant. Okay. So, now let's look at the leaderboard. Like, the actual leaderboard. Not our use of the leaderboard to look at the meta. Um, the leaderboard, right now, number one is held by Moo. Moo, uh, a player that I, I don't know, has uh, 7.3 wins per run. Moo made a post on Arena HS... Uh, looking for co-op partners, number one on the leaderboard in Americas. And in case you're wondering, like, why are we picking Americas? Because we're in the Americas. But Europe's top player is 7.18. It's Kusak Stula. Uh, Asia's best player is 6.77. It's Kevin. So that's kind of where people are topping out. So I don't know about these other players, but Mu wrote a post, so we actually know more information about Mu. And uh, Mu played 30 runs and is looking to improve his game and is not going to play this and uh, play this account anymore until uh, someone beats him, right? And um, no one can beat him. No one can beat him unless they start a new account because number two in the Americas right now is Sniped, uh, which is, who is at 6.56. That is, like, oh. really far away from 7.3. Well, uh, sorry, nobody on the current leader. No one on the current leaderboard. People who have not hit 30 runs yet may come in at yes, above yes. 7.3. But if you're currently, if you've already played your 30 games, we know your numbers. You're never going to catch Moo. You're never even going to come close to catching Moo. If you ever want to catch Moo, you've you got to start a new account. And so this is the problem. This is the problem that we were talking about last week with how this arena leaderboard is set up. Like, Moo's not doing anything crazy or unethical or anything. Anybody in Moo's position should be doing what Moo is doing. Which is just to stop playing and play on a, a new account. Moo loves this meta. Moo wants to keep playing. Moo wants to make friends. Uh, Moo seems like a great guy. Or girl. I don't know. But um, at the end of the day, Moo is not playing on the Moo account. Because everything from the developers has basically forced Moo to not play on the Moo account. And that's a weird, bad result. It's terrible. Look, um, whatever they think this new leaderboard is doing uh, in terms of making it interesting, uh, it's not. I, I don't look. I don't know what the thought process is here. Um, I think that Matt Linda and team have done uh, a ton of great things. Uh, I think this new leaderboard just warps the way that people play the game that they have to work around their accounts, alt accounts, etc. Um, and, and, and here's the thing, because I already see this argument. I even see it like right now in, in, in chat um, and, and whatever. And they're like, well, it's your choice whether or not you play or not. Of course it is. Of course it's your choice. Uh, but you're it clearly incentivizing people and... and who are trying to min-max. Look, getting on the leaderboard mm -hmm. and trying to get like a top five spot, that's min-maxing, right? Um, you are telling them to create new accounts over and over and over again. Um, and you are telling them that after you do your 30 runs, you should stop. By definition, if, you, if your win rate is that high, that means you ran hot. Like, you know, because look, you're not keeping 30 runs in which you are running average. You are mm -hmm. starting up hot on a new account and you are keeping that streak and then you are going to stop if you care about that score at all. And I also see this talk about, um, it's like, oh, it's impossible for other people. Okay, I will amend this. It is extraordinarily difficult 
very, very difficult, especially in this meta. I, I Look, I don't know about meta changes, all right? If your answer right. is like, right. oh, meta will change, and therefore <laughs> I, I yes. can... Okay, whatever. If Mu over 30 runs has, what, 7.2? And 7. you are right now 9. on... Okay, PJ, I'm going to call you out right here. Because PJ, you're like, I disagree. I think I can catch up with him. PJ, you have like a what? Five, you cannot. 5.6? PJ, you, you, you cannot. PJ, if you try to catch Mu, I, I haven't done the math, but for you especially, if you had like a 6.7, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I could see it. it it's going to be tough for you, like pretty damn tough. Uh, you, you're, you're, if, here's the thing, PJ, and for anybody else who has a PJ-like thought. If your thought is, I can beat him, and I know I can beat him, why would you keep playing on that account? <laughs> That's my question for you. We're not going to get into the, the, the point of like, oh, like, can you catch him or can you not catch him? If you can catch him by playing on your current account, why would you not play on a new account and fucking crush everybody? You are just being dumb playing on your current account that has a 5.6 average and you're going to end up with one that let's say barely 5.96 all right let's go oh okay sorry 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 5.96 i i i heard you say like 5.6 my, my apologies okay uh 5.96 but like look pj you have proved and for all those other pjs out there um, oh, oh! In this time that we're recording the podcast, Judge just logged in a bad run, and he is now at five point eight seven. He was six before. He was zero point zero three above PJ, and now he's he's behind PJ. Now he's behind PJ because you know what? He kept playing. He kept yeah, playing. He kept playing. It's just it's really hard to keep a six average. You also saw C and Cutie Wetcat who had a six point three. He's now at five point eight nine. Remember, these are people who, in theory, are good players, right? Um, I mean, okay, they are good players. <laughs> but in theory, they're improving their game, right? And they like the game, and they're getting better. But their averages are getting worse. So, look. Right? Like, it yeah. can come up, it can come down. But overall, if you have that hot start, it's going to go down even if you improve. So, like, I think this meta has, like, this ability to convince people, like, oh, I can get better. But what it's hiding is that it does not matter much. That you can get better. In this PJ scenario, I'll, I'll call it that, Two, one of two things can happen. One, PJ with his 5.96 average does pass Mu eventually at some point. And what does that prove? PJ was dumb as hell to keep playing on this account. <laughs> and if he started a new account, he would have crushed Mu and yeah. solidified his spot uh, with... And basically was like, okay, who, who the hell is going to catch me, right? So that was dumb. Or, number two, he doesn't beat him. And that was dumb for to keep on playing on that account. So, once again, we're in a spot in which it's dumb for Mu to keep playing. And it's dumb for people like PJ and Judge to keep playing. Mm -hmm. Nobody should play. <laughs> Nobody should play. Which Nobody should play on their main account or on whatever account is on the leaderboard. Everybody should make a bunch of accounts. Yes, everybody should make a bunch of accounts. Now, here's the thing. If you don't care, you don't care. You guys are absolutely correct in that this is up to those those people. These people obviously care, right? Now, you could also say, I care, but I'm too lazy to do it. That's also fine. But the system itself is pretty dumb. We've created yeah, also, a really freaking dumb system. Like, keep in mind, let's say every let's say no one cares. Let's let's make this hypothetical that Blizzard is right and nobody cares, and we're describing these like kind of like really uh, effort intensive, uh, high effort ways to circumvent the system. And you're like, no one's going to do that. Everyone's going to be nice. Maybe not even ethics. There's going to be a combination of lazy and ethical, and just this game doesn't matter that much. Uh, Hearthstone number one leaderboard players are not becoming celebrities overnight. Uh, anymore or you know maybe if ever but definitely not anymore um so uh what's the big deal well the big deal is that this leadership is meaningless because Moo's not playing anymore so even set aside if anyone can catch Moo or what people are doing or whether anyone's circumventing let's say nobody circumvents 
And Moo just stays where he is and plays on his uh, alternate account for the rest of the season because no one's coming in and beating him or whoever else takes his spot right and gets the first 30 runs to be even higher does the same thing and then no one no one goes and beats them. These are not going to be the same players every leaderboard at all. This is some like outlier RNG. Remember what we said in the last episode, anybody who gets that high of a win rate has RNG on their side. This is an RNG game with skill. Like, Moo could be a great player, but he also got really lucky to get 7.3, while everybody else got significantly lower. So, next leaderboard, is Moo going to be number one? Highly doubtful. Who's going to be number one? Could be anybody. So what's the point of this leaderboard? What are you measuring? If you're not measuring who the best player is of this meta... Or who's trying the hardest, assuming no one circumvents. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, who, the, what do leaderboards measure? They're supposed to measure some kind of combination of, like, good things, right? I'm going to put in good, good in, uh, in, in quotes. And good things may be skill. It may be luck. It may be, uh, like, persistence, right? Like, it could just be playtime, right? Different leaderboards measure different things. But they all measure something or some combination of things. This leaderboard right now measures this huge percent of luck and then this much smaller percentage of skill and then like a very tiny percentage of a lot of the other stuff like what is this leaderboard for i i don't you, know you, who this you know, leaderboard like... is for oh, sorry i don't know who this leaderboard in its current state is for get uh, if you play within the the confines of the game that the devs sort of want you to play in right yeah like i i don't understand what what audience this is for um because the leaderboard isn't even in game so you have to go into like a freaking website that they don't, they don't advertise in the game to look at it so these are people in the know who like care right mm -hmm. um that's the most perplexing thing to me look games at its core are about you know reward systems right like levers that you pull like how do you incentivize this person to keep playing how do you make them feel good how do you like keep you know keep putting the carrot in front of them this system is just all out of whack it's it's all out of whack um and it's easier for me to criticize here because this is something that is made for the people who care the hardcore you, you know like the tippy top right the yeah. people who are like going for it um, even if you're like, you know, just top, let's say, uh, 50 or 100 on the lead, like, dude, you still played a good amount and you're still... You've played on average two runs per day since the game, like, since the expansion launch at this point. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I truly do not understand this this current system. Um, I hope that they change it in, in some fashion, but I don't, I don't know if they will. And look, there are systems... There, there are leaderboard systems in other games that are imperfect as well. And I have also seen... Okay, so for example, in Overwatch... I know this was a recent problem, like in Overwatch 2. People parked their account after a while because um, they got... like the, uh, They reached like the maxed SR score. So it happens in other games, right? Where you actually reach a max SR score and you are incentivized to camp. I will say... I have never, but, but, oh yeah, this is also something that the Overwatch people try to fix, right? They looked at it and they're like, oh shit, that's bad, We're, we need to try to fix this. I have also never seen one in which you can reach the absolute max SR, MMR, w w whatever cap, and you're incentivized not to play so early on. So early on. That is, look, I think anytime you have this sort of cap and you're incentivized not to play in any game uh that's bad like the devs i i don't think the devs like want that at any point to be like yes at this point we would love this super competitive devoted player who loves our game we need them to to really just drop the game now like just drop the game like do, do not play we want the super devoted person to just not play that is our goal here i don't think that's the goal of any dev but I have also not seen any system that has players reach it this fast. That's also just terrible. Like, anytime I've seen it in any sort of ranking system, it's been slower. And then they've tried to fix it. I'm hoping they try to fix it here. 
but this is oh man i think look i i think the team has done so many good things recently um and i think that their passion for the arena is great it, it, it can also be true because i also see this comment it's like does this make it fun for some people yeah i think it makes it a fun for a lot of people but this is one that I am going to be much more critical of because in terms of is there a right or wrong decision for things like is Discover good? You heard sort of my my take on it last Like that's tough, right? There are so many people for which Discover is very fun. It's not just for the adultas who, who are, you know, I think weird things are fun, mm-hmm. uh, right? Like that's – I think for a vast majority of people, more Discover, the better. Um for competitive people, that's not necessarily the case, but I get that, right? You Devs want to protect Discover, I get that. This is for the hardcore people. This is for the people who aren't just downloading it on their phone, playing like a run every couple of weeks or something. It's literally not even the game. They have to go to a separate website to check it out. The game doesn't even advertise it, dude. Like the game doesn't even advertise it. You would never even know it was there. So this, it's for these types of people. And if it's for these types of people, okay. Okay, if it's for a small niche of people, people of which I understand, all right, I'm like, I, I feel like I can criticize this because if you're making it for this small group of people, you better tailor it towards that. Why the heck would you want this group of competitive players who play a shit ton to be creating alt accounts, to stop playing on their main accounts, to finagle their way in order to 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 meet this um i i truly do not understand when this popped up in overwatch they tried to act quickly to solve it because they knew that the Mm -hmm. best players who are stuck at the highest possible sr should not be parking their accounts um and and also they want people to be able to like differentiate and then they want those people problem this is a problem that literally the prior uh leaderboard specifically like acted to solve right because the first leaderboards that came out had this exact problem the first arena leaderboards and then they changed it they changed it to solve it like they knew what they were doing this is just what they wanted and uh i think they know that they're wrong i think they knew that they were wrong before they published this out and they just for some reason couldn't do it the right way and they were like hey a leaderboard is better than nothing um, this is like some like beta testing of the leaderboard that'll go on for like the next, the next couple of, uh, of, of, of seasons or whatever, like the first few seasons before they actually add the decay or whatever other solution it is. So but just right now, this leaderboard, it's just... the problem with decay. Uh, and this is something that people brought up as well. Why would you play at the beginning of a season? Well, because you care about having your name on the leaderboard, not just at the end of the season. Oh, you care okay. about being okay. on the live. That's why the leaderboard is a live leaderboard. Okay, right? all right, I get published it. at the end of the season, so you can be like, "Hey, I'm on the leaderboard right now." Right? Okay, and, and then let's say a super easy meta pops up, or just a meta in which you're just like, "Holy shit, I can exploit this!" And then that's when you ditch your account that has fallen to number seven in order to create another account that can get number one. I mean, yes. yes. You would always be able to create a new account. You can't stop people from creating new accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Stop. I'm not saying that you stop it, but like, the, <laughs> once again, the player. You just have to make it more and more costly, right? You just have to make it more and more and more costly. Because the decay isn't just... The problem with this system is that it never goes away. With a decay system, like, you could also just make runs go away, right? You could just, like, at a certain point, like, I don't know, maybe the run you did 100 runs ago don't really matter. And that's now valued at zero, so you can get past it, right? Maybe this should only track your past 30 runs. I don't know why the runs before 30 even count at all. Because if it only tracks 30 runs, then you've kind of gotten rid of your start a new account uh, problem, or at least a lot of it. You could, of course, just keep starting your new account until it gets a hot start. But that's the same as starting new accounts, period, because right now you're in the kiddie pool for the first three runs, right? Like, you're always having this benefit from starting a new account that never fully goes away. It's just like... You guys know right now, if someone wanted to steal your identity, they could. Any, any, any one of you, I don't care what you've kind of done. If someone really wanted to steal your identity, they could. It's not that hard. Like, they don't. And it's very unlikely for you to have your own identity stolen because there's so many better targets than you, right? Like, the point of this isn't really to make it so that it is impossible for, this, for the system to be circumvented. 
The problem is to get it so that the annoyance of circumventing the system is above what is the value of actually getting this, right? So is it worth an extra 0.2 wins per run to start a new account? I don't know, maybe? It's certainly worth one win per run, probably, if you cared about this stuff. Is it worth 0.2? What about 0.1? What about 0.05? Like, at a certain point, even the most dedicated people will be like, all right, I'm not starting to account for this. Like, screw this. <laughs> right? Like, uh, and that's where the kiddie pool is, right? Like, if someone's giving out a prize at the end of the season or something, it's a big prize, yeah, everyone's going to start actual new accounts because then it matters. But right now... There's not that many, or at least before this leaderboard, I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, there's there's not that many people actually starting new accounts just to take advantage of the kiddie pool. Uh, first three run, like your extra, you know, not your extra loss in the MMR uh, that doesn't really count uh, system. They're not doing that because the effect is small enough, and the rewards at the for the leaderboard is small enough for getting that incremental like bump in your uh, win rate that it's just not worth it. Um, you'd rather have, like, I don't know, extra gold or whatever you're earning, extra cards, extra packs, all that stuff, right, from your main account, which is what uh, even America was saying in, in our chat. It's like, look, I'm just playing, like, he's just playing on his account, right? You see Judge just playing on his account because they don't care that much. Like, they're competitive players who so obviously care about their win rate, but they don't care that much to even circumvent this system. So you add a couple more layers, and then no one will circumvent. And more importantly, you add a couple layers, like, you're just worried about the circumventors. I'm saying even if no one circumvents, like right now you have what's happening here. You just have outliers, right? Like I want Moo's score to go down if Moo doesn't play, so Moo has to play, right? And then if Moo plays, that's fine. Moo's not going to go out and circumvent the system if it's like that hard and awkward, I assume. Uh, you just have to make it hard and awkward to circumvent the system. You don't got to make it perfect. Yeah. Um, people are also bringing this up in the chat. Um, I, this is my last thing. Um, I, I want to bring up and that's that's it for me um, the interesting thing that they have intro, uh, introduced now is you can't get DK unless you do the prologue right mm -hmm. yeah. we're actually <laughs> this is something that was uh, you know in the DK meta when DK was first released uh, uh -huh. you obviously would not want that oh right? my god and now DK has a lower win rate so it's actually beneficial to not have DK unlocked yeah, if you want to talk about yeah. incentives to make a new account, mm -hmm. this is also one of them. So you get the three mm -hmm. kitty games, right? You get the three like mm -hmm. kitty pool games in which you're yeah, basically you spotted. You remove DK out of your pool. You remove well, you DK. Pick DK anyway, so you remove a weak pool. So that only very slightly improves your overall. Winning. But right, so it's also DK is forty eight point five percent. It's not like it's horrible. No, 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 it's true. It's, but you also just increase the chance of getting mage, which is like really good. Right. Eh, Mage is 53.5%. Hunter's 52%. Eh, you know, Paladin's 51.5%. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you Mage increase like, those. Yeah. Like, you increase the chances of, like, just Mage getting those. Mage is a those, weak right? reader. And Mage is also skewed. Like, Mage is, is. I mean, it's not Feast or Famine, but it's more Feast or Famine than, like, Hunter or Paladin. So, it introduces another kind of uh, way. And, and look, it, you might look at it and be like, eh, you know, it's not the worst, right? Um, if they keep this mechanic. And in, like, two metas, DK is, like, yeah. next to last, right? Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, it's it's, yeah. it's so another thing. I think thing. you're looking at circumventing features, which will only matter if there is more than bragging rights available to the winner. Like, I think the... Yes, circumventing is pretty easy. There are certain rewards. But I don't think... Like, you're not seeing people super circumvent this, or at least not the good players. Um... And it's because the rewards of this is very little. Yeah. So if they're going to keep the rewards very little, which I think they have no plans to make, you know, the arena leaderboard mean anything the way like the battlegrounds leaderboard would, um, then I don't know. It's it's a problem, but it's kind of a hypothetical problem, right? Like if I was putting on my death hat, that's uh, that's that's where where I would go. But it is a real problem. It's a real problem that Moo can't play on, on Moo's main main account. Like, that's a real problem. And then next season, it'll be someone else, probably, that is not Moo, and that will also need to make an alt account if, or, like, just play their alt account or whatever. Um, and then nobody can catch up to them. Like, that is... That is a problem. And that does affect people. And it's affecting people right now. It's not just affecting Moo. It's affecting everybody else on the leaderboard, and everybody who cares about the leaderboard. So, 
if it's a problem with the leaderboard that affects right now on the ground practically everybody who cares about the leaderboard, you have a big problem as a game developer. You can't just wave it off and say, oh, this is hypothetical. This is happening right now. And you knew this would happen. Or they should have known this would happen. This is not like a... Uh, you know, th there are things that, you know, we, we say or we predict or we uh, analyze and we're like, look, this is our take on it. You know, people may not say this. People may not believe this, but, but we, we, we got this. This is our, our thoughts. Uh, and then there's most of the things we say, which is just that this is blindingly freaking obvious and everybody, even the people who made these bad decisions, would have had to have known at the time. So the question is just why they do it and how quickly are they going to fix it? That's it. Because it's not going to stay this way forever or even for a really long time. This is too silly for it to happen um, to, to, to stay this way. Agree. All right. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, I want to end on a really quick uh, question from the GOAT. What's up? Let's give like uh, just a general kind of like update because we don't. Things uh, are okay, but no question okay. from the GOAT over here. I got to go. All right. Uh, oh, you actually have to go. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, in that case, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Um, for the podcast. Remember, there's no Sunday stream, no Life Forge, no Coop, uh, and we're coming back the first weekend of uh, March, as far as all that goes. But I'll still be streaming on Friday nights, including after this recording. Um, okay. See you guys. Um, until next time, this is Abigail. This is Murps. Bye. Bye. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.